BDC, the Bank for Canadian Entrepreneurs, is a proud partner of the Startup Women podcast. BDC is here for women entrepreneurs in their efforts to move forward and achieve their business goals. To meet their specific needs, BDC provides financing, strategic advice, and has a wide selection of free resources. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women. BDC is here for what's ahead. The Scotiabank Women Initiative is a signature program designed to increase economic opportunity for individuals who identify as women or non-binary to be successful now and in the future. This unique offering helps women pursue their best professional and financial futures by providing unbiased access to capital and tailored solutions, bespoke specialized education, holistic advisory services, and mentorship. For more information, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. You're listening to the Startup Women Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. On the Startup Women Podcast, we connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs, and organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools, and all of the support that you need to make your vision a reality faster. This podcast is a production of Startup Canada, Canada's entrepreneurship organization and is presented in partnership with the Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. I'm your host, Kayla Isabel, CEO at Startup Canada. Welcome to the show. We are thrilled to have Candace Lauren on our show today. Candace serves humanity as a multifaceted creative. She is an accomplished brand strategist, award-winning speaker, and best-selling author. She currently serves as the Director of Communications and Mentorship for the Black Entrepreneurs and Businesses of Canada Society. With over 10 years of experience as a marketing professional, Candace has designed for six-figure to multi-million dollar award-winning brands and clients. Having worked with the Think and Grow Rich Institute and CBS syndicated show, The Talk, her team creates avenues of possibility for clients to achieve their goals of creating global impact. Her mission is to give 10,000 Black youth and women entrepreneurs an opportunity to be seen, heard, and make an authentic impact. Welcome to the show, Candice. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am excited that you're here. This is great. So let's, let's jump in. Uh, what is the most important thing you want the audience to take away from today's conversation, Candice? So from today's conversation, the most important thing that I'd like the audience to take away is that life, business, pretty much anything is all about authentic flow and alignment. Mm. And I've learned over the years through trial and error, through just being a human, the ups and downs, the highs and lows, uh, that nothing will truly feel fulfilled in your life if it's not something that you truly feel aligned 100% with. And so me being here today with you is something that feels aligned to me. Uh, and I feel at peace being here with you. So I'm excited to see how this conversation will flow. 
Amazing. Amazing. Authentic flow. That is a good, uh, good post-it moment to find that and to, to seek that out in, in every day that, uh, you know, we're living our lives as entrepreneurs or outside of that. So I love that. Uh, so you're a founder, best-selling author and entrepreneur advocate. Walk mm -hmm. us through this, uh, you know, entrepreneurial journey of yours and how you got into the space of supporting black founders with BEBC. Take us back to the very beginning. Oh, it's so interesting. My journey has been such Oh, it's been an interesting one because for me, out of all of my siblings, I would like to say that I am the most outgoing one. I, I put myself out there more. I like to try new things. I'm always curious. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I am a constant learner. I think we learn something new every day. And so for me, I incorporated that into being bold and being daring and trying to put myself out there in different ways to see what, you know, felt in alignment. So for me, where it really began was the work that I did at Humber College in Toronto, Ontario. And there I was able to work for two years there at the, at the school. And I was able to make some serious impact in the lives of students and to create a ripple effect and a legacy. And from there, that was the opportunity for me. So I served as a vice president of student affairs there, mm -hmm. uh, and then an interim president there uh, for the student union. And that opportunity allowed me to travel. It allowed me to have a platform for my voice. Ever since I was a young girl, I always thought that I would be a journalist. I love to speak. I love to connect. I love to share stories and learn about people. So I really wanted to have an avenue to tap into all of those passions. And so that was the first time that I started to see and believe. And I was like, wow, I, first of all, to even get that position was a, was a challenge, a mental, emotional challenge in and of itself to be voted in for that. But then to realize that I had the power to manifest my goals and to manifest things that seemed impossible really fueled me after those two years. And I said, you know what, if I could do this, I can do whatever I want to do. And so while I was in school, I actually uh, was studying uh, package graphic and package design. So by trade, I am a package designer, right? I, I am a creative, right? In different mm. ways. And so when I left the college, I knew that I wanted to do something on my own. My mom is an entrepreneur. Uh, she has her own private practice and she's a, a clinical therapist. And, uh, and so I'm used to having, you know, business owners around me. And I knew that it was something that I was also called to do. Mm -hmm. I love people, but I also knew I didn't want to work for people. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I mean, let be real. You know, like I just had that moment where I just wanted to explore. I think also because I grew up uh, living a quite sheltered life in Toronto. And uh, when I finally got to an age where I could start exploring, I just wanted to tap into different passions. So my first thing that I stepped into was being a freelance designer. That's where I stepped into, you know, the creative space. And it allowed me the opportunity to move to Vancouver, BC. And that was uh, back in 2016. And I took that leap of faith. I went with no clear plan. I just knew I trusted that God slash the universe uh, would provide. Mm. And so I left, I packed my bags and I flew across Canada to start this new venture because I really wanted to see, you know, what a being a business owner would be like, um, as well as what 
would life on the other side of Canada be like? I just mm-hmm. wanted a fresh start. And so that is what started the journey for me. Very cool. And so I want to dive into a number of different parts of this journey <laughs> and then also talk more about BEBC. Um, cool. But let's talk about, you know, this area of expertise in branding and how it really started, um, you know, with this incredible creative foundation, um, but then also around strategy, et cetera. Um, so what role do you think that branding can play in the success of a newer existing business? Um, where do you see that? importance um, and walk a, walk our audience through some practical tips that you would implement around branding for their businesses. Oh my gosh. Well, first and foremost, branding is so key. It's key for several reasons. Um, first of all, you're not going to be aimlessly marketing to everyone because then you're marketing to no one, right? So just getting very clear on who you're speaking to, creating that avatar, you know, who that one person is that you're advocating for and you are providing services for. Um, Branding is important because it helps to build community. Once you're clear on who you're speaking to, you can then, you know, attract the ideal target demographic that you need, right, for your products or your services. People love, like, for example, some brands that I love. I love uh, Marie Forleo, right? I love her B-School. I love the way she brands it. I'm like, yeah, I'm a business owner. Yeah, I want to learn how to, yeah, you're speaking to me. I love the visual aesthetic of your, your videos. I love just all of the colors you use. They're soft, they're feminine. She speaks to her demographic with words and without words. Uh, and that is extremely, extremely important. And so branding, what most people don't realize is that when they start business ventures. Most people are like, all right, listen, I got to jump right into the visuals. Let me get this logo done. Let me get these colors, these brand guidelines created. That's not where you should start. The branding, the visual branding comes after, but you need to really begin with, first of all, the foundational principles of a business, you know, making sure you have, you know, your bank account together, you have your business plan together, you have certain aspects and stuff like that. Make sure you're clear on your products and your offerings and, you know, just really map out the journey for your your ideal demographic and create who that is the psychographics the demographics right there's lots of work that goes in before we get to the branding and then once we do get to the visual branding it's easier because you've done all the work mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and you know who you are you know what your mission is your values are and you know who you want to speak to and the impact that you want to make so there's a lot of things that go into it but essentially the branding kind of works in tandem with the other foundational principles to really create very solid platforms for business, for people in business. Oh, I love that. That was so beautifully described. <laughs> I think with, um, you know, with the conversation today, we are positioning you as multifaceted here. So we're covering branding. We're going to talk about BBC next. We're going to be going all across, you know, all these different parts of your entrepreneurial journey. So let's, uh, let's shift gears into BEBC. Walk our audience through um, what BEBC is. What is the Black Entrepreneurs and Businesses of Canada Society? Oh, the BEBC, you know, this is meaningful work. You asked earlier kind of how I kind of got into all of this. The beautiful thing about alignment, right? I'm going to loop back around because I feel like that's the theme for Mm. conversation. Love it. I believe in divine timing, right? I believe in things happening as they are meant to unfold when they're meant to unfold. They oftentimes say that like nothing ever comes before it's time. So if it's Mm. not physically present right now, it doesn't mean it's not coming. Um, But sometimes it just, you need to just continue to work at it and and let it come to you. Uh, And sometimes you need to go for it. So in this case, uh, BEBC. So the founder, Jackie Cassandi, she is such a brilliant Black businesswoman in, in Vancouver. And I remember when I first, this is how cool this like, this is how like full circle 
things work. <laughs> when I uh, went to Vancouver in 2016, I touched down and because I'm someone that loves to put myself out there, I reached out to a random person I found in a, in a Facebook group. And I was like, hi, I'm moving to Vancouver. I want to make some friends. <laughs> Help me. You know, yeah. she picks me up from the airport. This is all, this is all true. She picks me up from the airport and uh, she drops me to my new apartment and uh, she goes, you know what? A few days from now, there's uh, an event and I think you should come with me. It's called black ladies brunching. <laughs> She's like, you need to come. And I'm oh like, this sounds interesting. I want to brunch and I want to meet black ladies. It's a perfect, yes. perfect combination. So I'm in. And I went, you know, just open and excited. And the keynote speaker was Jackie. And I remember looking mm. at her style and her hair and her bags because she has all these beautiful Kenyan inspired um, artisan artisans that work on these things and she sells them here in Canada. So I looked at all this stuff and I'm like, wow, she's so successful. I, I one of these days. I am going to work with her. I want to work with her. I don't know how, I don't know what capacity, but I will. And uh, throughout my journey in Vancouver, I eventually started to do some graphic design for her because I was the freelance designer at that time. Mm. And uh, that relationship continued to grow. And over the years, we've stayed in contact. And so when Jackie decided to found the BEBC, I actually saw a post in the same group that I found someone in 2016. Wow. Said, I have this idea and I want to film, I'm sorry, I want to form uh, this black organization for entrepreneurs. And I said, yep, uh, Jackie, I'm there. <laughs> like, wow. what do you need? What do you need? I'm so there because the work, the meaningful work from Humber College, I love doing things that create impact, right? Mm -hmm. Because life is too short. You need to really create um, you know, a legacy and you need to create impact in people's lives in a positive way, right? We don't have enough time to just be wasting, right? Mm -hmm. We need to go out, we need to connect, we need to help elevate ourselves and others. So the BEBC was and is a founded an organization that was created in response to uh, the government finally, you know, creating some funding for Black entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And Jackie knew that, you know, there were some gaps, mm -hmm. you know, especially in Vancouver and the population of business owners there. So she created uh, a Black-led organization, and we represent Black businesses in Canada. And so basically, we are that platform, and we advocate, we support all of the Black entrepreneurs and businesses in Canada, uh, and we advocate, right? And we are in the decision-making tables and the rooms, right? Because we have met with different levels of government to chat about and to advocate for our needs. Uh, and our goal is, at the end of the day, to help Black businesses grow, help them scale, and be sustainable. That is that is the mission of, of BEBC. Amazing. And this advocacy component, obviously, you know, at this time in terms of economic recovery with the pandemic, all of these inequalities that we saw um, really exacerbated by the pandemic that existed before. Um, I think this advocacy component, you know, definitely is not, it's, it's never been more important. Um, and for organizations like BEBC to be that champion and to be that voice and the perspective um, is such a unique, you know, differentiator of, of this community. So can you speak to your work um, that, that you've been doing within this space around connecting with levels of government and the role that you're going to play in post-pandemic recovery? What does that look like? So some of the most meaningful meetings that we've had, uh, we've met with uh, Mary Ng. Uh, we've met with John Horgan. We've met with just so many different people to sit in the rooms to start really facilitating conversations for shift and for change. We know that it's something that's not going to be overnight. We know it's a constant process. Um, but our mission 
uh, basically in terms of our mandate, when we are in these rooms, what we do advocate for uh, is access to the financing and capital that Black businesses need to thrive and survive, finding the resources and the trainings, providing the mentorship, the coaching. Uh, also, our, what we really are excited about is on our website, we have our directory and the plan for that is to turn that into a complete marketplace for the 900 plus businesses that we have on there. Mm. Uh, we also have that we're really proud of as well down the pipeline is we uh, have our women's mentorship that's coming with Women's Enterprise or Enterprise Center. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also right now have launched our Black Youth Program. We're so excited. We've done it in partnership with League of Innovators. Mm-hmm. And right now we have a couple cohorts. There's one coming up in October and then another in January. Uh, and so the impact has been amazing. And meeting with these, these government officials at different levels, number one, gives us, lets them know that we're here. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, you know, especially for Black organizations, it's the visibility, right? And we've been so fortunate uh, to meet some really high, a lot of high-level uh, people, right? Whether it's government or different organizations that are creating some impact. And we have so many great partnerships, lots in the works for us. It's really exciting. Amazing. Amazing. And Walker, so you mentioned the youth program that's launched. Um, you also have a fantastic mentorship program. Um, so can you speak to, you know, the value of this mentorship program, how it's delivered to your members, uh, especially women, obviously on the Startup Women podcast, um, and uh, what impact you've seen through these connections and through this availability of, you know, advisors and, and these different support mechanisms that people can access. Walk us through that mentorship uh, program and all the wins that you've had through there. Yes. And so uh, with our upcoming mentorship right now, we have, sorry, I actually alluded to October earlier, but it's actually September. So in a few mm-hmm. weeks, we're launching that uh, for the youth. And so what we're doing is phase one is the youth cohorts right now. Uh, and then phase two will be the women's mentorship. So right now uh, we are on the cusp of launching that. We still have a few things to finalize with Women's Enterprise Center. Uh, and uh, and Volition. We're working with Volition as well. Oh, amazing. Oh, yeah. All good partners and friends of Startup Canada. We love them. <laughs> but the goal of this mentorship is to really provide the support in areas that people feel alone, right? Mm. And people feel, you know, like they are not able to, to achieve the dreams that they have, right? So the beautiful thing is that we've been doing a lot of one-on-one coaching lately over the past few months with business owners to support them in various ways. And so one of the biggest things we've been doing lately, especially with Jackie, is she's been meeting with different business owners to help them when, you know, the government did launch the uh, program for funding. So we've had a lot of people, you know, seek out our guidance and help and support for that. But also in business in general, we've been connecting, you know, different verticals with other, like, for example, we had Uh, a gentleman who has a great restaurant business and he's already doing pretty well, but he wanted to scale up. And so we connected him with someone who is doing extremely well uh, in Vancouver to get some guidance from someone Mm. who is a few steps ahead. They often say with mentorship, you know, you should find someone who's five steps ahead. You should also help someone who's five steps back, Mm -hmm. you know, and really, you know, allow yourself to have that impact. So For us, it's about hearing the specific needs. So there are specific needs that people face, whether it's a lot of the times it's the marketing. Mm -hmm. A lot of people struggle with not knowing how to get their businesses out there. We all know that capital is one of the main issues. That's number one. But then there are other things as well, right? Access to the funding and then also a system, a creative system to really help them grow or to establish a proper business plan or 
to understand how to do their legal stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's just like so many things that people need assistance with. Uh, and there's no one size fits all for our members, but we are there to help in any any capacity they need. Mm. In, in our Startup Canada annual census, the top three challenges that we hear every single year or supports that uh, entrepreneurs are looking for are one, mentorship, two, yeah. funding, and three, marketing and sales. So you just ah, totally nailed that on the head with us as well. It's, Do it's, I get a prize though? Do I get a yes, prize? That was a, that was a trick question. So yes, you get a prize. Absolutely. And within, you know, your community, within the Black entrepreneurship community, both in Vancouver and nationally, um, where are the additional gaps? What additional support can we look, uh, you know, to government to be filling, to other support organizations, those those um, chasms and those foundational tools or supports that we need to be um, delivering specifically to the Black entrepreneur community? So we uh, were in talks with uh, the BNI or the Black North Initiative, we let them know, again, it was another platform for us to share some of the additional supports that I know for sure that Black entrepreneurs need and entrepreneurs in general. But if we're talking specifically about this community, at the end of the day, it's access to the professional services. Not everyone can afford an accountant or they. not everyone can pay me to do their marketing. You know what I mean? Like advertising, things like that. So uh, operational support is where, you know, most people need it, whether it's a lawyer, you know, just to look over their legal documents, their contracts, things like that. And I also think tech, right? Helping people have sustainable systems for their their CRM or, you know, just systems in general to run with ease and flow. I think we talked about that right earlier with the alignment and flow. It's hard to do that when you're trying to be everything to your business. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of people who are, we I guess you can call it bootstrapping, but there are other people that are just, you know, the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, and they're everything, mm-hmm. they're everything. And we, and that makes it hard to scale and grow. Mm-hmm. And so we want to help to create, you know, pathways for internships or to bring on part-time staff. We want to help people be able to elevate and grow, uh, even if it's just a virtual assistant or just someone that can help with admin so they can focus on their zone of genius. And so there, as we know, you know, being an entrepreneur, there are so many avenues that you have to consider and take care of. And so helping people understand that it's a journey and it's a process, but you should always find a community that will support you, that sees you, that hears you, uh, and is there to support you. And so we, we are that. We are that. And, and people are really appreciating the efforts that we're making. Incredible. And in your own journey, finding community, finding mentors, finding some of those, you know, subject matter experts, um, or just figuring out, you know, you, you know, often we, we don't know what we don't know. That is such a big part of entrepreneurship. Sometimes we don't even know to ask some of these questions. Um, how have you sought out mentors and that feedback along your journey? Is there any, you know, key piece of advice that you've received um, that has helped you along this way from, from a potential advisor? Yeah, for me, it's so beautiful to know, you know, I actually have just recently signed on to be an advisor at Volition. So I'm going to be doing Mm marketing. And it's interesting that that is a true testament to the journey. Mm -hmm. So for me, you know, constantly evolving and always learning, I've really sought out the uh, advice and, and the mentorship of coaches, right? Business coaches. And I've been through quite a few of them, right? Uh, and for me, some of my all-time favorites, uh, there's a coach in the United States. Her name is April Franks. And she is one of the realest coaches I've ever met. She <laughs> April will not be afraid to tell you to your face, 
you know, what you need to know in love, right? Um, and she doesn't sugarcoat anything, but she cares so much. Uh, and she has a well-oiled machine with her business. And she, she went from being a high school dropout, a teen mom, to now having a multi-million dollar successful coaching and training uh, company. And so I look to find uh, the support of people who are 10 or 20 steps ahead or even five steps ahead. And so for me, the advice that I've received along the way uh, is to never give up and to continue to, to try. Mm-hmm. And I, I, with entrepreneurs as well, I think there's often this misconception um, that by seeking out mentorship or advice that you are, you know, almost showcasing this vulnerability of your business. You know, they're going to figure out that I don't know all of the different moving parts of this business and, and the anxiety that can come from saying, you know, I'm not an expert here, or I don't know what to do next, or I just need to, you know, brainstorm and be potentially pointed into a different direction because what I'm doing isn't working. Um, and that openness to iterate, that's entrepreneurship, right? Like we, we all need to have that openness and that courage to take some of that advice to help us propel into the future. Uh, but that diversity of perspective that, you know, you're bringing in these different advisors, these mentors, connecting yeah. with various communities, it can only help. Uh, but it does take some courage, you know, in that first step to, to ask for that help sometimes. We all know that if you stay in your comfort zone, there's no elevation in growth there. You mm. have to step out of what is comfortable and you must be comfortable being uncomfortable, right? That is a, a form of growth. They oftentimes say that, some, that when something feels, you know, you feel it in your body and it feel, you feel nervous. It's probably because you need to do it. Like you, mm-hmm. you're probably, it's, it's an indication. Your body is kind of showing you, hey, this doesn't feel normal. Hey, this is uncomfortable. Maybe I shouldn't. But it's something to consider uh, because on the other side, that's why I got on a plane. I cried when I got on that plane. I mm-hmm. missed my friends and family, but I was like, you know what? I got to do it because on the other side of that feeling uncomfortable is growth. It's a shift. It's, it's another level of Candace, another version of Candace. And so I learned a lot. Right. There have been, especially with entrepreneurship, you know, there are highs, there are lows. There are times where my bank account felt like, yes, I'm doing this. This is great. And there are times where I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to eat tonight. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? And that's that is real. I can't I can't sugarcoat that like that is real. Right. And that comes with the territory of knowing what you uh, don't knowing what not knowing what you don't know. Right. <laughs> and with them, um, you know, this, this concept that we keep coming back to about this authentic flow. Um, mm. I think that often can be hard for entrepreneurs to understand that, okay, I'm supposed to be feeling very uncomfortable all the time because I'm building something new and, you know, I'm <laughs> questioning myself and I have all these feelings, but I'm seeking this end point where I have this rooted authentic flow. And I, I have that confidence sort of uh, propelling me forward and that, ease almost. How do you recommend balancing both that discomfort that naturally is going to come, but that sort of end goal or that that um, North Star of what we're describing as authentic flow? How do you find the balance between those two? Ooh, that's a question. That is a question. <laughs> How much time do we have? We have um, okay. Well, I would honestly say this. When I think back to my entrepreneurial journey, there were several times that I stepped out in doing things because I thought that that's what other people wanted me to do. Mm. Uh, and I tried to por- portray myself in a way that I thought others wanted to see me. Uh, and for the longest time, that did not feel in alignment, but I was just really following what I thought the world wanted of me. Mm. And I would say that flow is finding that sweet spot between, you know, your purpose, your passions, um, 
and just knowing and, and truly not allowing the opinions of others to dictate your path, especially as an entrepreneur. I think it's very easy to, you know, want to package everything and, and make yourself look really polished. Mm-hmm. And that's just what it is. But if it's not truly what you want to do, then why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, why are you doing it? And so I had to get to this point in my life where I'm not going to chase something because of the price tag. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to do things that are impactful. So it, it, this has taken us maybe half an hour for me to get to this point. But uh, the reason why I felt so passionate about the BEBC and, and aligning with it is because when COVID happened, I remember, you know, it was March. I was in, where was I? I was in BC. I had just come back from Ontario and I was laying in my bed. I didn't know what was happening next in the world, what was going on. And I remember looking up and just, I started to cry because I'm like, I don't know what's happening. I don't even know what I'm doing with my own business right now. I don't know what's going on with anything. Uh, and then all of the social injustices came to light with George Floyd and all those things. And then that, as a person of color, I don't think people will fully understand, but they will to a certain degree. And I really appreciate that. But as a person of color, to see that happen uh, is one of the most, it caused a lot of people of color to really go inward. And do some serious inner work. So for me, I cried a lot about it. I I was like, wow, you know, like this really happens in the world. And it made me think of the advocacy of Humber College when I put myself out there and helped to advocate for people. Mm -hmm. And I said, it made me evaluate my life. How am I showing up as a woman of color in the world? How am I showing up as a business owner in the world? Am I doing the meaningful work that I truly should be doing? Or am I just doing something that someone told me to do? Right. And so mm-hmm. I literally went on a nine month blackout period. Like people were not able to find Candace. <laughs> like, Candace. Like, I had people message me, you know, and I didn't respond, not because I don't love them or I didn't want, I just knew I needed a time to go inward. I actually reached a, a personal breaking point at that time. And I just mm-hmm. had to really dig deep. And I'm like, Candace, speak to your heart, meditate, journal. What is it that you, you know, really, really, really want to do at this stage of your life. And marketing will always be a part of me. I can't run from that even if I try. <laughs> but I knew that there was more to Candace than just being the girl behind the, the, the camera and the computer. There was more. And there was a calling. There was a deep calling. There was a, a sense of fulfillment that I wasn't quite feeling because I knew there was something else I needed to be doing in the world to add to what I've already been doing. And so I knew in that moment, I said, okay, I'm working with, with people of color, period. Like I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. I need to. There is a huge need for this and I'm doing it. And so when Jackie proposed the BEBC, I knew, I saw it. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm there. Mm-hmm. Cause I knew, I already knew. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I see, right. Nothing ever comes before it's time. So I saw it mm-hmm. coming. I'm like, wow. Okay. I'm there. And I knew it. I knew that I had to be there. And I can honestly tell you, I've worked with several teams over the years. I have never worked with a team like this. We flow, we laugh. Everyone's expertise just aligns with, with one another. It has been the most easiest thing ever, mm-hmm. like ever. And that's alignment. That mm-hmm. is flow. Mm-hmm. That's when you know that you are doing what you're supposed to be doing. And so for me, I know that whatever we do from, from the standpoint of BEBC or from Candice Lauren, it's going to create that ripple effect. I don't need people to say thank you. I don't even need people to know that I'm a part of it. 
I just need to, you know, follow my heart and, and my calling. And, and that is good enough for me. Mm. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that, Candace. And I think that's really important to our listeners that one, this does not happen overnight necessarily. You know, this whole journey gives us these cues. Yes, I'm going into the right direction. Okay, this doesn't quite feel right. Okay, this, you know, there's there's this ebb and flow in the attempt to, you know, get to that ultimate flow. Um, and we need to respect that feedback that you have to be really um, accountable and honest with yourself to trust that intuition, um, to follow those guiding paths. Um, and then you will find, you know, that, that, super satisfying and, and that space where you feel you can align your passions and your sort of raison d'etre um, at the end yeah. of that line. And it's not necessarily an overnight thing that you identify. I know exactly what type of business I'm going to build. It's going to have this, 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 and this. And, you know, we're starting Monday morning. Like it, it is a longer journey of, of self-discovery in addition to, you know, building your business as an entrepreneur. There's so many different elements to this um, that, you know, sometimes when you see this incredible unicorn you think is built in, you know, a 24-hour period, it does a disservice to the journey. Um, and, and your story just illustrates that so beautifully. You have to take other risks. Um, and ultimately, what's for you is not going to pass you. That if something is meant for you, it is going to come. It will be. Yeah. And the reason for being, right? You alluded exactly. Is something that, as you said, is not overnight. And my, what I do want to make sure I mention, one of the things I struggled with as an entrepreneur uh, I was a, I am a recovering perfectionist. Dang mm, it. I'm with you. Hands up. And <laughs> the thing that I, that someone brought to me, one of my amazing mentors in my life brought to me was the fact that perfectionism is a form of procrastination, as we know, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A procrastination, perfectionism, it's rooted in fear. Mm-hmm. And I had to, I'm like, I'm not afraid. I'm bold. I'm Candace. What do you mean? What? Mm -hmm. Then I had to sit down and really think about it. And there was fear. There was fear of success because, you know, in my family, I'm the one who's the daring one, right? Mm -hmm. Fear of success and what would happen to those relationships if I did step into what I know deep in my heart and soul I'm meant to do. Mm. Fear of failure. What if I put my heart out there and no one aligns with it? Mm-hmm. What happens then? Mm-hmm. You know, like I, you know, I had so many different fears and I, I just masked that in the, oh, I got to wait until I learn this. I got to do this extra course. I got to get this situated. This isn't quite, I don't like the way my body looks. I got to get it right before I take my pictures. Like there was always something. There was always something. Mm-hmm. And so my advice for any business owner uh, is to st- <laughs> call and response. My dear mentor, call and response. He said, can just start with what you have because what you have is enough. Mm. And for me, I had to meditate. I have a, a soapstone uh, heart that I got from Jackie's store uh, a few months ago. And it says, you are enough. Mm-hmm. I am enough. Mm-hmm. And I hold, I, to this day, I still hold it. If I have to remind myself, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Because it's very easy, you know, the subconscious programming that we may have in our minds based on experiences of the past, right? Sometimes it creeps up when you're trying to be bold or when you're trying to, you're trying something new when you're putting yourself out there. So it's just a part of the human experience, right? The confidence one moment and the doubt and worry and fear the next. Mm-hmm. So I constantly try my best to be in a state of elevation and high vibrational thinking and being, but that's not always the reality of life. And so there are, you know, it's the law of polarity, right? Mm -hmm. Highs and the lows. 
So for me, I equip myself with the right support, the right tools, and that's what keeps me going. And I encourage others to do that. There you go. That's your call to action, everyone. <laughs> that's, I think it's such a fantastic way to wrap up our episode. Any final tips, Candice? You've provide, provided so much to our listeners. Any, any final thoughts you want to leave uh, as your final takeaway? Uh, final thoughts I will leave. I'm, I'm going to have to come. We're going to have to do a part two. Just so. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down. That's so much. To say. Uh, okay. So for today, what I will leave everyone with again is, is alignment and flow and just really listening to your heart, taking the time to develop a daily morning practice if you don't have one, uh, because oftentimes it's in those moments of stillness where we will hear the messages that we're seeking. Most people look outside, they look externally for the answers that they seek, but what people need to understand is that it's already within you. You don't need external validation. You don't need someone else to tell you what to do with your life or how to navigate through your business, unless it's mentorship and coaching, of course, but uh, really and truly allowing yourself to have the moments of silence, the moments of affirmations, taking time to do visualization, working on your body through exercise, reading books. Right now, I'm covered with a bunch of books all over right now. I have Michelle Obama over there. I have, you know, The Power of Now, Eckhart Tolle. I have the, you know, Asking It Is Given. I have all these things around me right now. And I do that intentionally so that I'm constantly evolving. Mm. Uh, and then also scribing, right? And journaling. I had the, op- the beautiful opportunity to work with Hal Elrod from The Miracle Morning. So everything I just listed mm. is the Miracle Morning. So I was able to work with him and his team uh, last year when they launched the Miracle Morning movie. And so that was a really great opportunity for me to, again, do the impactful work. So just know that when you take the time to love on you, you can then be in, in, a, in a pathway to receive, but also to serve humanity from a place of overflow. And that's what I would leave people with. Well, I'm not going to try to add anything else to that because I think that was such a beautiful way to end today's episode. Thank you so much, Candace, for speaking from your heart, um, really bringing you know all of these, these pieces of advice, um, but really walking us on your journey. It has been such a pleasure to get to know you better on the Startup Women podcast today. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Women Podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, VDC, and Scotiabank for helping us to power women entrepreneurs. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to download the playbook, Resources for Women Entrepreneurs, with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business. And visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast, hosted by Rick Spence, and plug into the Startup Canada network. Until next time, I'm Kayla Isabel. It's time to choose to challenge the status quo and unleash the economic potential of women.